For MFA Incorporated, I'm Tom Stever on Brownfield. Good morning, Tom. I'm David Moore. I'm a range and pasture specialist with MFA uh, here in Missouri. I uh, work with farmers and trying to help them raise more pounds of beef per acre and sometimes with our dairies raising more pounds of milk per acre. And to do that, it takes some good grazing. 2016 summer annuals, some of them could not be sprayed. So what kind of a challenge were weeds this year in pastures? Well, probably number one for the summer still is is ragweed, which is probably our number one profit robber in and out every year. But uh, you're exactly correct. Last year's inability to spray left a very large seed bank and and uh, uh, from all appearances, it look, looks like most of those seeds have, have germinated and emerged this year. But, uh, we've got some big problem weeds out there, but uh, early applications of herbicide, you know, not waiting uh, until the problems become giant and, and really insurmountable with spray is the key to success there. And when I say that, uh, our, our goal is not to feed those weeds. Um, they rob moisture, they rob nutrients from the, from the grass, and you know when we're speaking of broadleaf weeds, for every pound of broadleaf weeds we kill, we can expect a pound of grass in return. And uh, that's a pretty good trade-off in my book. When it comes to the end product here, you said that you're trying to help producers raise more beef per acre and produce more milk per acre. So what's the result of problem weeds and grasses? Oh, the results when we when we're proactive and go after them early are are, are really pretty impressive. The uh, you know exactly how many pounds of beef depends upon a whole lot of factors beyond uh, just weed control. But uh, um, you know if you looked at towards the tail end of, of 2015 at ragweed that was five feet tall and taller and uh, parted that tall, mature ragweed and looked down below at how much grass was there, there's just, there's virtually zero. You know, with good weed control and a fertility program, we can expect fescue to deliver to us somewhere between three and and five tons of of, uh, forage per year. And those tons of of quality forage are, are, uh, they, they translate directly to the, you know, the scale ticket at the, at the, the end of your time with that animal, and that translates directly to your paycheck. So what's the best way, what's the best approach to treat, and when should these problem weeds be treated? Well, really it begins uh, a year ahead of time. If, um, if a guy will take note uh, as he travels through pastures, of what, what are big weed problems that have kind of gotten away from me this year? I need to... Uh, Jot that down. This field had a problem with the following weeds. And long before the same time approaches next year, you know, six months in advance, we can begin to talk with somebody, what, what herbicides exactly do I need to use in this field? And, uh, and what's the best timing? You know, for instance, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, ragweed's a giant problem. Ragweed began emerging this year, oh, mid-May. That would have been an awesome time to, to put down a herbicide that, uh, that not only is going to kill the ragweed that's there, but the residual is going to continue to work through the summer and keep it from emerging. You know, it not, not only controls ragweed, but you know, something that's going to help control the other weeds that are, that are also present in the field. 
I want you to talk about how grazing management plays into this because, of course, that is part of it. So how should grazing management be changed? Well, ahead of a, an application of herbicide where we really want maximum residual application, uh, residual activity, what I'd like to see them do is actually graze that pasture fairly tight so that the, the, uh, the grass is not so tall that we can't get herbicide down to the soil. Uh, the weeds are very exposed at that point and very uh, uh, very easy to control. Uh, but other than that one time frame, for the most part, what I'd really like for guys to do is to move cattle anytime the grass gets eaten down to about three inches. Uh, this serves several purposes. Number one, while we're on the subject of weed control, a healthy stand of, of grass that's three inches tall doesn't allow a lot of sunlight to reach the soil, so we see less emergence of weeds. Uh, number two, we've kind of got to imagine that that grass is a solar panel. The larger the solar panel, the more energy can be transmitted to that growing plant. And when we continuously graze a pasture, it kind of stays, at least the heavily grazed areas, kind of stay in that half inch to three quarters of an inch high to stubble there, and that's just not going to regrow very quickly. If we leave that grass at three inches and move the cattle on to a new place, regrowth happens very quickly. And it's that continuous, you know, grazing that, that same pasture about every, every uh, four weeks or so is what really allows tons of grass to be consumed by cattle, and that, again, translates to, to tons of beef. The third thing that's beneficial about that is that when we leave grass a little bit taller, as it's recovering, it's, it's able to move some carbohydrates down to the root zone, and that's very, very beneficial, especially as we go into winter. The ability to move carbohydrates to the root zone allows that, that stand of grass to be quite a bit healthier than the continuously grazed pasture that just never does see the same effects coming out of uh, stored carbohydrates. David Moore is a range and pasture specialist with MFA Incorporated. I'm Tom Stever on Brownfield.